Happy Saturday to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Mr. Sitter, the podcast, the show, the event, the institution, the 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 life, Kredos, everything that you need in your World Cup follow-along. I have been complaining about tiredness every single day to emphasize the degree to which I am actually watching every single fucking match of this World Cup, but... I got to admit, I've only really been a little bit tired every day. Today, I'm fucked. This has been six days that I've been doing this shit. I I timed my caffeine intake last night very, very poorly, and I'm absolutely buggered. Uh, so thankfully for you guys, uh, this isn't going to be a long episode at all. I'm just going to run through the shit that happened, and um, and then I'll send you on your merry way. Uh, let's, let's go to the first match, which was beautiful. Uh, Iran, Wales, uh, sleeper hit, one of the best matches of the tournament so far. Uh, and I told you, I told you motherfuckers not to sleep on Iran. I, the, the, the result against England was a red herring. Uh, they came in shell shocked. The cultural situation, uh, the, the cultural revolution that's happening in that country, uh, not to mention losing their keeper super early. It shell-shocked them and they and they capitulated. Not to mention the fact that they were missing Sodar Azmun, who we'll talk about in a second, because, wow. Um, but there's power behind this team, guys. I, I believed in them to go through this group from the beginning, and I'm obviously I feel it's stronger than ever now. There's a proper cultural revolution happening in Iran. There's power. There's, there's electricity behind these people, there's energy, uh, and, and you saw that energy from the start, the national anthem played, the players didn't sing again, the Iran fans booed the national anthem, uh, so, uh, a woman was in the crowd, and she held up a jersey that had the name uh, Masa Amini, who was the, the woman that was killed uh, in custody, uh, who, was, who was arrested for, um, for incorrect use of the hijab which started this whole cultural revolution um and it was powerful it was so powerful she had she had makeup of like tears it just looked it looked really powerful and that power translated to the players it was a 2-1 win for Iran truthfully they were absolutely all over them the whole game uh they had a ruled out goal for a very marginal offside uh they hit the post twice within seconds of each other they had multiple chances go begging uh, but they just couldn't break Wales down um, until uh, late in the game when uh, Wayne Hennessy, the, the Welsh goalkeeper, uh, came out and like came, came the ball. The ball was coming uh, towards his box. He ran out of the box. He went to try and clear it. He totally miss kicked it. He, he he missed it. He airballed it, and his foot was so high that he almost took out the Iranian player. Sent off, even though the ref initially only gave him a yellow. Uh, and um, and then Wales were down to ten men. Uh, Wayne Hennessy, interestingly, I always remember him as being the goalkeeper with the highest uh, overall potential in FIFA 09. So uh, thanks, Wayne Hennessy. Thanks for coming. They replaced, uh, they took off Aaron Ramsey and they put on Danny Ward, who I didn't realize was Welsh and who was a much better keeper than Wayne Hennessy. And like, I don't know why he wasn't playing from the start. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Once they went down to um, to 10 men, it was all Iran and you just knew, you, you hoped you hope that Iran were going to score the winner they desperately deserved. And then in the 95th minute, Chesmi scores 
Goal of the tournament thus far, for me, hands down, so dramatic, great winner, curler from outside of the box, the first goal in this tournament from outside of the box, and then in the 98th minutes, uh, Rezalan just sealed the deal, knocked him out, not knocked him out, sealed the deal, three points for Iran, and hasn't actually knocked out Wales, but effectively Wales are out, Wales have to actually beat England and hope that other results go their way. Uh, in order to get through, and I'm really happy about that because I fucking hate this Wales team. They're boring, they're uninspiring, they rely on old, washed-up players, and they're just plucky and just hang on, and had they got a point out of this game, I would have been furious, so I'm happy that Wales are gone, and uh, and this game gave me so much hope for this World Cup. I know I ranted in the last episode about how it hadn't been a good World Cup yet, and obviously one good point to make in, in retaliation to that, even though it hasn't been the case in previous World Cups, but being that it was round one, teams are playing a lot more conservatively, the stakes are a lot lower, and nobody wanted to lose their opening game, which led to some more boring matches. Now that it's match day two, uh, you kind of... Um, you're expecting to see the stakes be be heightened, and so um, you know the games will be better, which was the case in all but one of the matches that we saw this morning. Uh, but yeah, it gave me hope. We finally saw a wonder goal. We finally saw intense World Cup drama. We we finally saw a a actual breakout performance. We have had players that we know are good, players that we know are world class doing well. But finally, we had that wonderful World Cup trope where a player that not everybody knows steps up and says, you people are going to remember my name after this. And that's Serdar Azmoun. He plays for Bayer Leverkusen. I know who he is because he was linked with U of A when he, before he moved to Bayer Leverkusen, he was at Zenit St. Petersburg and he was linked to U of A. So I checked him out. He was excellent. Injured in the first game, has been injured the last few months and even sort of got a little bit injured in this game but fought on and he was crucial in um, in Iran winning. Uh, so yeah, don't sleep on Iran. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to see how the last match day pans out. The next game was Qatar versus Senegal. Uh, the sad sad tale of Qatar's uh, uh, athletic performance uh, in their in their hosting of this World Cup comes to a to a foregone conclusion. Uh, they're out. They're the first team eliminated. They're the first team ever to host the World Cup to be eliminated on match day two. Uh, mired in absolute disgrace. And you know what? I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, not for the players, the, you know, you never, you never wish ill on any players that don't play for Inter Milan, um, but you, like, you understand, Qatar, Qatar turned up to the 2006 World Cup qualifiers with like a squad of 24 South Americans, and were like, this is the team, this is, this is us, we're Qatar, and FIFA were like, uh, no, you're not allowed to do that, like, what the fuck is this? You have to have, like your players have to be from your country. That's what that's what that, that's what international football means, Qatar. And the Qatar is like, oh, oh, okay, we'll figure a way around this. And they have been trying to buy their way to the upper pantheon of the greatest sport in the history of mankind ever since. And they almost did it. They almost did it. This Aspire Academy that they've put in, this coach that used to be at La Masia, uh, like. All these players that they've nationalized, you just you just feared that Qatar were going to be good, but thankfully they were dog shit, and um and yeah, they're out. It's done. Senegal have put us all out of our misery, uh, including Qatar. The game ended three one, which sounds like it would have been an exciting game, but it wasn't. It was it was boring. Um, Senegal was so dominant, Qatar was so average, um, and and 
like it, it you knew that it was going to be a conclusive victory for Senegal. Uh, Qatar changed their goalkeeper from the first game. It was a new guy, and I think that's a great idea uh, because that first goalkeeper was absolutely abysmal in the first game. Uh, this next guy, was he was fine. Uh, didn't have anywhere near a good a game as uh, Edouard Mendy in goals for Senegal, but we'll get to him in a sec. Uh, the defending on the first goal that uh, Qatar scored, the ball came in to the box via a cross, and the centre-back just kind of slipped over himself. Like, he, he air-swung it, he, he got tangled in his feet, he fell over, and the ball just dropped for the Senegalese attacker who just went in and scored. What a lot of you may not know is that this year, 2022, is my retirement year for football. It's the first year that I can recall in my life where I haven't played, um, and which, which is crazy because I retired before my dad. My dad's 58, he's still playing. I'm, I'm 30, I'm out. Uh, but prior to that, I was playing in uh, in all-age Division D in the St. George region uh, for Rockdale Raiders. And uh, even at my level, the the mistake that this Qatari defender made is absolutely unacceptable. To make it in a World Cup is just um, abhorrent, disgusting, and emblematic of of the degree to which these guys just didn't belong there. Um, and from there, uh, you know, Senegal just ran away with it. Uh, Mendy made a couple of great saves because Qatar did. Qatar did battle to their credit. They battled a lot harder than they battled against Ecuador. Um, and Mendy, Mendy was forced into a couple of great saves. And when Qatar actually did score, um, Mendy like hung onto the ball because uh, it was two one at this point. Mendy hung onto the ball, and the Qatari was trying to get it off him. And in my head, I'm like. Why, do you, why, like, why are you being a dickhead, bro? Just give them the ball back. Like, it's fine. Like, it's it's no problem. They just scored a consolation goal. Like, I, it, I, the, I, I experienced such cognitive dissonance, the degree to which I knew that Qatar were not going to score again. I'm like, yeah, it's 2-1, but it doesn't matter. Like, it's 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 still a consolation, um, which which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, like, like, obviously the right thing to do at 2-1. Um, so yeah, uh, Mendy had a good game. He's been He's been pretty bad this season, so good for him. And good for Senegal, and um, goodbye Qatar. We hardly knew ye. Uh, the next match was the match that I was most looking forward to in this little cluster. One of the most an- an- anticipated on my part matches of the entire round, uh, and it lived up to the billing. That's the uh, the Netherlands versus Ecuador, uh, and we have now learned that Ecuador are good. Capital G. Uh, beating Qatar was was one thing. To draw with the Netherlands uh, is an entirely different thing, and they're they're good, and I'm happy. And my prediction that they that they would make it through the group before uh, the World Cup started is looking good. It's looking real good. Uh, I heard something wildly impressive. Uh, Louis van Gaal has been three times in charge of the Netherlands national team, three different spells. He's lost four games. That's that's nuts, man. Uh, I think I think Louis van Gaal deserves a spot in maybe the top 10, 15 managers of all time. Uh, that That's amazing. Um, his Netherlands team are really good. They, they play good football. They got good players. They took the lead through an excellent, excellent goal by Cody Gakpo after five minutes, the fastest goal at this World Cup thus far. Um, Gakpo is another one of those guys. That, I mean, all of the goals scored by the Netherlands so far are scored by him. 
the amount of goal involvements that he's had for club and country in the last year is like astonishing. I, I, I don't have the stats, sorry, but it's it's something. It's like a, it's like a goal or an assist per game for the last year. Uh, he is like like Asmund, but next level. He's like, hey, in case you guys like don't have your uh, Instagram and TikTok algorithm set up so that you're hearing about the best players in the Eredivisie, even if you're not even like remotely interested in the league. Just so you guys know, I'm going to be a very big deal in football in the years to come. He fucking is. Uh, linked with Manchester United, I wouldn't be surprised if on the strength of this World Cup performance, if he goes to Real Madrid, because you know how they love to just go, oh, who was the best player at the World Cup? We'll take him. Uh, but Ecuador equalized. Ecuador equalized. Ecuador played really well um, after that. They didn't capitulate. They didn't just fall over. They equalized through Superman, Anna Valencia, Mr. Ecuador, uh, sixth goal in five World Cup games. It was a nice goal. And yeah, they're... they're they could have won this. I mean, Plata hit the crossbar with a beautiful curling shot from just inside the box. Plata looks like the real deal. He plays in Spain. He's a young, young, uh, young winger. He looks like the real deal. And uh, yeah, I, I, I look. Had Ecuador won, I would have been thrilled. But I think the draw uh, on the on the balance of the match was the right result. Uh, and now you can basically assume that the Netherlands are through because they're going to whip Qatar uh, and Senegal, Ecuador required watching. It will be one of the most hotly anticipated matches of the final match day of the group stage. It's a shame that one of these two teams has to go out. I personally hope it's Senegal because I don't think they've played anywhere near to their potential. And without Saudi Omane, they've just been a little bit uh, profligate, um, even though they scored three goals against Qatar. And Ecuador is so worth it. Ecuador is so, so worth it to go through to the next round. Um, and a draw will do them. A draw against Senegal will do them through the next round. I think they're going to do it. Uh, so looking forward to that. And they will play the... Uh, if, if they come second, they'll play the winner of the other group, which we assume is going to be England. But, I mean, fuck. After this last game, maybe maybe it uh, maybe it won't be. The last game was USA-England. Uh, another nil-all. Um, there was anticipation going into this match, I guess due to the kind of... The history of the nations, not just in a footballing sense, but in a in a um, you know war of independence. We used to be a colony. Uh, we took over your mantle as the global superpower. Since um, the USA want respect as a footballing country, and they feel like England don't give it to them. At least that's what the players said. So uh, we're looking forward to this game, uh, and it was it was fucking terrible. It was honestly one of the worst games of this entire World Cup. Uh, to, uh, at about 88 minutes, my SBS feed just dropped out. Like I couldn't couldn't get couldn't get the feed, couldn't get it on my phone, couldn't get it on my laptop. I don't know if this happened to any of you guys. It was just like my internet or something. But I was genuinely relieved. I was straight up like, oh, I don't have to watch this anymore. Great, I'll get to work. Uh, so yeah, um, I was going for England leading into it. Um, I, I was actually hoping that England would would whip them because I find. Um, I find people from the UK considerably more palatable than Americans. Uh, this is not a secret. Um, sorry. Uh, and I thought um, for Iran, who I'm plugging for hard, not just because I made the prediction before the tournament, but because they are such a likable team. And after their win against um, the win against Wales, I'm really pumping for them. And England beating America would effectively make 
uh, Iran in the driving seat to qualify for the next round. They still are, but I was going for England. Um, but listening to the national anthems made me change my mind for just a little bit because God Save the Queen has to be the most posh, pompous, stuck-up, uh, just like crumpets British bullshit and then you've got the uh, the star spangled banger which as much as I hate what it represents as much as I dislike the ethos and the origins of the song it's a fucking G up man so I'm like you know what freedom uh, let's go to the USA for a whole I don't know five minutes and then and then I was watching the game and I'm like you know what I, I hope both of these teams get knocked out of the tournament um, Greg Berhalter needs to go as American coach because they've seriously got enough talent to be doing better than they are. Uh, for, for his part, Greg Berhalter, like the way he wear the t-shirt that he wears is a weird gray sweat t-shirt. Um, it's like a loose fit and he's always got this bewildered look on his face. He looks like a dad that went for a weekend morning run and came home and fell asleep on the couch and then was abruptly woken up because his kids have friends over and he's like, whoa, who's, who's in my house? What? Who? Who? Uh, and he coaches as such. That's how he coaches. That's, it. that's what he looks like and that's his coaching style. Uh, both teams showed each other way too much respect, which is a nice way of putting it. The, the realistic way of putting it is both teams played like pussies. Uh, England, totally happy to take the draw. They don't give a shit. They're on four points now. Uh, they're in the driver's seat. They got to play against Wales. Wales are shocking, so they're probably going to be fine. Uh, the USA need to actually defeat Iran. A draw will send Iran through because Iran are on three points and the USA are on two. Uh, but I hope Iran mow them. I hope Iran pulverize them because um, because they deserve it and USA don't deserve it. Um, man, can I just rant for a moment about Weston McKenney? Uh, I've had such a love-hate relationship with this player since he arrived at Juve. I didn't know who the fuck he was until the morning that I saw the news that he had signed for us. Turns out he's this big deal in America. And for how much he's being paid for the transfer fee, um, he's been decent value. He He's come up with really good moments in his Juve career. He scored this amazing volley against Barcelona. He scored some really crucial headers. And his stats are always pretty good. And in this game, they were really good too. Um, he had he had the most uh, touches out of anybody. He had the most possessions won. He had the most final third passes. Uh, he has his own weird brand of charisma. Like he does this really kind of trite Harry Potter wand celebration when he scores. Um, and he did this thing in this game where like he needed to wipe his hands, take a long throw in. So he wiped his hands on the bib of the photographer. Uh, he's, he's, he's got his own weird brand of charisma. But he sucks. He sucks. He's not a decisive player. He's way overhyped. The only thing that he can do well is make runs into the box late and score headers. Um, everything else he does, bang average. And because he is American and teams are, especially in Europe, teams in Europe, not especially in Europe, teams in Europe are more inclined to sign American players because they want to sell jerseys and, and um, visibility to an American market. It makes sense for business purposes. Um He's a hot prospect, and I hope Uliver can flog him for like 35, 40 million to a Premier League team, and he can be their problem now because he he sucks. Um, and the USA suck, and I hope that they don't make it through this group because uh, Iran are better, and, uh, you know, Hala Iran. Um, 
as, as they say in the old country. Uh, real quick before we go, Neymar is out. He'll be uh, he'll be out for the group stage, but Brazil are going to make it through the group stage, no problem. Uh, they have plenty of replacements for him, and hopefully he's fit for the remainder of the tournament because he's important for them. Uh, speaking of being important for them, Richarlison, uh, after the Serbia game, went from 7.5 to 11.3 million followers on Instagram. That's absurd. Uh, everybody's sleeping on him. Um, and you know, I think, uh, I think with the likes of Briel and Bolo and, uh, and Chupo Moting, we'll be hoping to score against Serbia as well. Uh, so they can get a, a 4 million person boost, uh, in their, in their social media. Um, and tonight, tonight we've got four games, all of which are like sort of interesting to me, but not really. Uh, we start with the prime time blockbuster, Australia, Tunisia, Tunisia going to mow us. Uh, sorry, Poland versus Saudi Arabia. I'm actually pumping for Saudi Arabia. I think most of the world is after their exploits against Argentina. I think Saudi Arabia could get a draw here. Um, France versus Denmark. France are going to take care of Denmark. No problem. Denmark are drastically overrated, as we've spoken about. And Mexico, Argentina. You'd, you'd back Argentina to get a result here. They're going to win. They've got to get their campaign back on track. Um, and, and that's probably the game that I'm looking forward to the most. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Ma, take care.